Fat Pod News Wednesday. I'm your host, Day Jusby. Day. Day. Uh, today I'm joined by number one Chiefs fan, Matt Dustman. I'm mixing it up. Oh, um, night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> shut, the, don't... shut the fuck up, professional well, sports for... broadcaster and PFF employee Nate Kuyper. First of all, what I was going to say is you need to add another title to Matt's name, which is uh, winner of the loser's bracket in the Scrub Central Tournament. Yeah. I mean, For- I got to win one more game. I'm in loser's finals right now. Oh, uh, you're going to win. You're going to win. I can't say that. Nagi, I'm mechanically much better than him, but he's very lucky. And like it seems every I've I've been uh, I've been rolling the videotape. I've been watching all his races and everything he does. Been watching his film. <laughs> I, I really have. I've hey, been man. watching his film to find his tendencies. And like it always seems like whatever decision he makes happens to get the item that he needs at that moment. It, the only thing that ever screws him up is mechanical. Like maybe he'll miss a skip. Like he like he miss, misses B one skip and Deku Tree. Or he messes up Gruta Valley and doesn't check the waterfall because he loses the chicken. You know, just like small mechanical things. But a lot of the time, he, he plays a lot of multi-worlds. So he's kind of uh, good at reading logic at okay. times. And I think that's why it, it leads into it. But he's very lucky. And that's scary. I feel like he can I'm, just get a check that is, I miss and then be great of it. great content for a football contest. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, it's You're all been it's all been thinking about. You want a football podcast? You're supposed to be analyzing. I do both. Yes, I watch your stats on Twitter all the time. And running out the cast today. So running out the cast today. Actual member of the football police, Corey Clemens. That's me. <laughs> I don't even think you've introduced. I did. I, t- I did, said. I said. Shut the fuck up. Uh, sports broadcaster, PFF employee, Nate Kuyper, is wow. what I said. <laughs> oh, now I'm the intro police too. Yeah, now you're also the look, dude. You're you're, you're too much of a cop. Somebody's got to stop you. Instead of intro to football police, instead of Interpol, I'm Interpol. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. God damn it! All right, boys. We got. So, there's some. Uh, we got some news. Tua, Tua, is a starter. Yeah. Tua Two, all all he needed to do was go Tua to, for Tua at the end of the game. <laughs> You've been sitting on that one starter for the rest of the year. It, it's it's been a real uh, whirlwind. Like you see him on the field, and then you see Fitzpatrick on the sideline cheering him on, being his biggest fan, and then right after that comes out, he's like, "I'm so happy to be here to be his mentor." And, all the mentors I had for me, I just want to be that for Tua, and I just I want everything to work out. And then that, today he's like, "My heart's broken, man. I thought I was this leader here." It's like, like I was gonna say, like, which one is it, Fitz? Like, are you happy for him, or did you you want to be the starter? Whoa, whoa, whoa! It's Fitz magic, or is it Fitz tragic? Oh, you've been sitting on that one. <laughs> For a long ass time, I have been. This is a good headline. Uh, that should that that's the episode title. It's tragic, absolutely. And that, I'm not even without a fucking without a moment to spare. Listen, like, I am opening from the guy who spent 45 minutes of your life last year chronicling every step of Ryan Fitzpatrick's career. <laughs> I am I am right now on the Podster.fm upload screen. Thank you very much, Podster, for hosting us. You guys are really nice and great, and I love you. I'm on there right now, typing in It's Tragic as the episode title. I did it already. I'm proud of you. It's, I do it for you. I feel like it's because none Fitzpatrick didn't see it coming. The rest no. of the team didn't see it coming until they saw Rick Ross's Instagram video saying that he was the starter. Um, <laughs> then I think the only people that knew was Flores and Tua, and maybe the offensive coordinator. Because, like, I think Tua knew just because, like, I know, like, it was a big deal for him to be back and get, like, reps in last Sunday's game. But seeing him, like, 
back on the field, I just like I felt like something was up. Like there's a little bit more to this to the story, you know. And then it came out later that he was going to be a starter for the rest of the year. Well, they they do get a bye week. It's not like they're immediately throwing him him into a game. They they have all this week uh, to get him ready for um, Aaron Donald. (laughs) So what a game to throw him out on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, look at a couple weeks ago, uh, Alex Smith had to come back and play against Aaron Donald. You know, Riverboat Ron was like, you also have Jalen Ramsey. Covering half the field. Fucking Riverboat Ron was like, I love gambling. Let's gamble with, with Alex Smith's knee. Oh, no. And throw him out there and see how he holds up. Held up fine. Seemed like. And we'll see yeah. how Tua holds up. And the Dolphins offensive line is, you know. Very average. Yep. He yeah, told me was, so. Yeah. I, we talked about this last week, but I just like, I wish... Alex Smith got to come back and play to a crowd full of, like a stadium full of people. Like, yeah. just so he could have got that standing ovation and everything. That's like the only, like, sad part about him coming back is he didn't get that respect, you know? Yeah. You, you, you had to have known that everybody was doing that shit at home, you know? Instead, they kept cutting to his wife, who just looked absolutely petrified in the stands, which, I mean, obviously. I don't know anyone that wouldn't be, you know, but I mean, it was just every single time they went like every snap after the play was over, they would like cut to her and she was just getting more and more like verklempt. Like she was just getting more and more nervous. And it just added to the like, oh, my God, like this is every single time he got hit. It was just so scary. And I don't know if it's going to be that to that level when Tua plays, but it's definitely going to be similar because Tua's injury was very, very graphic and gross when you think about what happened to him. Mm-hmm. So going up against angry Aaron Donald, who was just held to, well, I guess he's going to have a game in between, but Aaron Donald just got held to his worst game of the season against San Francisco. So a little bit of that, you know, defensive player of the year lead that he had kind of got chinked a little bit. So I'm assuming in the next two weeks, he is going to want to just tear people's heads off. So it's going to be, yeah. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm excited to see two a play. Um, the question I wanted to ask you guys though, about this is, and I'm interested to know which, which one of you are going to be on the side of this. Was this decision influenced by Justin Herbert and how good he's played? No, I think it was the plan all along. Yep. Just their bye week got moved, so their plans got moved. Right. You, you think, think so? about it. They they got the hardest part of their schedule out of the way. Wait, look, hold on. I got to get the Dolphins schedule up because I, I was just looking at it earlier. Dolphins schedule. All right, so yes, they have the Rams, but then they have the Cardinals, Chargers, Broncos, Jets, Bengals. It's like Tua survives this Rams game, and then he's got a winner's row of easy matchups for weeks. So I think they were, I think they wanted to get through the Rams game, but because their bye week got moved, they're doing it now. I think that's the only thing that factored into it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not convinced that you can't judge what you're doing by other team success unless it's, you know, it's a close race in your division. Well, I just find, I just found it interesting that neither of them were expected to start, but Herbert was kind of thrust into the starting position out of necessity. Yeah. And so this one, I do, I do kind of agree with both of you guys. Like you, like the dolphins didn't expect that Tyrod Taylor was going to have his lung punctured by a doctor and, Justin Herbert was going to come in and play well. So I kind of agree with both of you that the plan all along was to have Tua eventually take over probably after your bye week. Um, It's just the fact that Herbert came in out of necessity and played really well. I think that kind of made people think like, Oh, like they're just doing this because the chargers are doing it. Like, you know, I don't, I, I, I thought it was a little short sighted when I saw it, but I wanted to see if any of you guys kind of agreed. 
I ain't subscribed to that mailing list. Ooh, got him. Got him. Uh, Odell Beckham has been banned from LSU for two years after he handed out $100 bills to LSU players after they won the national championship on the sideline. And in the good, job. good job, NCAA. I hate NCAA. Wait, wait. Not not only fake, though? I thought they were fake. No, they were real. And then not only did he get banned, he the eight players that they could see receive the money, their scholarships got revoked. Are you serious? Yep. That's so stupid, dude. It's the worst. Like, so, like, if, if I'm an NCAA player and I go see my grandma on the weekend or, you know, whenever we don't have a game and she hands me 20 bucks, I have to say, no, grandma, there might be cameras here. I don't want to lose my scholarship. Yeah. Well, that's what, ha- that's what happened to Chase Young, if you remember. Chase Young's family sent him money so he can, like, take his girlfriend out to eat. And the NCAA found out and he got suspended for it. It's the worst. Jesus like, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah that was, it was all over the news. Like, people were so pissed off at the NCAA. This might be, like, short-sighted to, like, news or sports-like stuff, but if the devil was an organization, it would be the NCAA. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's... Eh, God, man, I don't know. Like, especially because, like, Odell is one of those... Like, everybody knows Odell went to LSU. Like, he's one of those people, and he's so supportive of the new players that get there. And, you know, I'm sure Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, if you asked them, would tell you, like, part of the reason they wanted to go to LSU was because of Odell Beckham. I'm sure they would say that. And now to have him banned because they don't want him handing out money to players. Oh, God. Like, it's just. I was really, and this is going to sound terrible, I was really hoping that the NCAA wasn't going to figure out a way to have college football because I wanted the NCAA basically like just torn down and disbanded and something else to come from it. Because, because seriously, because it's so bad. It's so corrupt. It's so greedy. It's just so, like, morally bankrupt that you're going to ban a player for handing out hundred dollar bills after a team just won the national championship and then revoke their scholarships. Like it's just fucking terrible. Just absolutely terrible. <laughs> it's the worst. Like, I don't, um, here's some breaking news. Uh, I guess it's not really breaking news, but D Ford and Richard Sherman are going to be out for at least five more weeks. So, yeah, but, well, it did. <laughs> It didn't matter against the Rams. Oh, apparently not. Like, yep. I, did, I definitely didn't see that coming. Not like, at I, all. I could I could have, if you told me that it was going to be a shootout, I would have believed it. I can't. I wouldn't have believed you saying that the Rams were going to be basically shut out of the game. In in the in the picks, I had uh, I had San Fran plus two and a half. I thought that they were going to win that game. It's just, it, dude, it's a matchup thing, man. It's when Kyle Shanahan, when Kyle Shanahan has Jimmy Garoppolo as his quarterback, he has never lost to Sean McVay. He's 4-0. Garoppolo's also never lost two games in a row. Yeah. There, there's just a lot of, and you, you hate to go by like these type of overarching generalization type trends, but like when you have a really smart, proud head coach and they get, like trashed usually they respond the following week and san fran got annihilated by miami two weeks ago right so i kind of expected san fran to come out and san fran i think we talked about after the pittsburgh cleveland game about how pittsburgh and baltimore just live rent free in cleveland's head i kind of think that's where we are with the rams and the 49ers like since I'm not since Jimmy Garoppolo became the quarterback, he's never lost to the Rams. They're four and zero, and the one loss that the 49ers had was that crazy Thursday night game with Nick Mullins, where it was like forty-one to thirty-nine, and the Rams barely won. So the NFC West is like that, though. Like 
It's, it's, it's another interesting. I don't think uh, Garoppolo coming off a loss. I, I don't. I don't know if he's lost two games in a row yet. Has that happened? He hasn't. He hasn't. Yeah. He has never lost two games in a row. Well, I guess it's the way that they kind of lost too, is because like San Fran just came out. They scored their first. Or they scored three touchdowns in the first like four drives. Yeah, they did. And then they had three points for the rest of the game. And yeah, they they ran put it in cruise control. Do anything like they had so many drop passes, like those big passes. They kept trying to like it looked like they kept trying to make make all the points up at once with those big passes, and they just couldn't connect on any of them. I I was gonna bring this up with the Rams and. Should we? Because I was I was going to talk about. I mean, we could talk about this more on Friday. But when I was looking at the games this week, I was talk. I was going to bring up how L.A. and Chicago on Monday night is actually kind of a massive game for the Rams because if if they lose that game, that means that they are four and zero against what might be the worst division in the history of the NFL since you know, the the restructure when we had eight divisions of four, you're four and oh against those teams. And then you're about you could drop to oh and three against everybody else. And not only oh and three, but if you lose to Chicago, you got like embarrassed by a depleted 49ers team. And for about three quarters, you got absolutely rolled by Buffalo. So like there's a little bit of a I don't want to say like full on panic with the Rams, but if they lose to Chicago now, all of a sudden you're like, okay, like Corey, you even brought it up. Like they struggle to put the giants away. I don't, I like everyone that was so sold on the Rams as like one of the, one of the best teams in the NFL. I'm not, I'm, I wasn't sold before the year and I'm still not sold. Like yeah. if they beat Chicago, if they beat Chicago, I'll feel differently. But as of right now, I'm, I'm, tentative to believe uh in the rams oh i wanted to oh real quick before we move on to the next thing i wanted to get because we didn't get it on monday just justin your quick thoughts on that ass kicking that was handed to the green bay packers if you have any i mean i think i didn't get to see much of the game so i don't have too much to go off of but like well i you <laughs> i'm sure you know enough because it's been the game everyone's been talking about yeah it was just a it's a disaster all around. I mean, I I was I was afraid that something like this was going to be possible with how good the Bucks defense has been. And people don't talk about it that much, but the Packers actually rely on the run a lot more than it seems like. Ah, uh, yes. So when that when the team that is that good at shutting it down does that, you're forcing Aaron to chuck that ball out, and he's not the quarterback he used to be. This the Bucks defense is very structurally is very similar to the 49ers, not in the sense that they rotate their defensive linemen all the time, but like they get after you with four people. They have very athletic linebackers and they have corners that like aren't they're not like elite corners, but they're like just good enough that they can capitalize on how good the front seven is. Right. They're really opportunistic. Right. And those type of defenses, if you go back to last year, both games against San Francisco, the game against the Chargers and the game against Philly, those are the teams that Green Bay under Matt LaFleur have struggled against. So I think Tampa just had the perfect formula defensively. And of course, like the the, the pick six that totally swung the momentum, I think, is, you know, a big part of that. It totally killed Aaron Rodgers for the night. Oh, for sure. Especially the fact he immediately threw another interception after that. Like, you could just tell he was... He was fried at that point. Yeah, he was. He doesn't like... He's, you know, he's, like, been trying to, like, improve his mentality, but, like... Did he go on a... The Pat McAfee show yesterday? He did. Yeah, and he was joking around the whole time and everything, so he still seemed in a good mood. He didn't, uh... They didn't talk about the game, though, really. They they brought up how much scotch he drank after the game. <laughs> said he said he normally goes uh, three fingers on the glass, but after that game he went four fingers. 
<laughs> and uh and pat mcafee was like he held up a glass and he's like that's a lot of scotch aaron and aaron was like well that's because you have fat fingers pat <laughs> so i actually kind of like the the aaron Rodgers we see on the pat mcafee show because it's very you could tell him and pat are like buddies like for sh- like off the field and he 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 says things to pat that i don't think he would say in any other format which is cool so yeah, yeah it's, it's just really cool for i have to watch that i usually watch them very late um, it's it's good no, i was gonna say it's good like he he cuts it up on youtube really well yeah. uh you can watch like segment by segment if you only want to watch a handful of things uh speaking of green bay we got former Green Bay coach Mike McCarthy and his coaching staff are being called out by the Dallas Cowboys players uh, for being uh, bad and unprepared. Oh, oh God. Really? I would have never guessed oh, that, they, that the coaching staff was bad and unprepared. Oh, I would have never God. guessed, but by the way, Dallas was performing. I had no idea. Nope, not a clue. <laughs> nothing, nothing hinted can, towards this ever. Can I just can I say something real quick? Like the, de- the listen, the coaching staff is probably really bad. Mike McCarthy is trying to sell us that he's an analytics guy when he isn't. Mike Nolan has no business being a defensive coordinator in the year 2020. I get all of that. But the coaching staff didn't tell Ezekiel Elliott to fumble in two back-to-back drives. Like the coaching staff didn't tell Michael Gallup to drop a touchdown pass. The the coaching staff didn't tell you know the the DBs in Dallas, "Hey, don't let Christian Kirk just run right by you for an 80-yard touchdown run." Like there's parts of this D- Dallas is just a disaster. Like let's just like it's not just the co- like if you took that coaching staff away, this is still a bad team. I think I just think that now the players are are pointing fingers and we all acknowledged that the Mike McCarthy hire was weird. Um, it certainly seems like Aaron Rodgers is looking better by the day <laughs> for how he like publicly berated Mike McCarthy. That's the one thing people aren't talking about. People are saying like, man, like Aaron Rodgers is looking like a. Uh, Looking, looking like he was kind of telling the truth a little yeah. bit about Mike McCarthy. Yeah, and you know what? At first, I was like, ah, just slop your relationship. Mike McCarthy will be fine in Dallas. Looking at everything now, it, was Aaron just carrying this football team? Like, you really have oh, to think about yeah. that. Was he just carrying yes. the whole fucking thing? Like, it seems yes. like Mike McCarthy this entire time is just not doing his fucking job. You could still make the argument that Aaron Rodgers is still carrying the team, but he has players around him now. He, he does. doesn't have to do as much because he, he still has Jones and Adams. I mean, they let the offensive line deplete, and then he's got uh, the brothers on the other side of the ball. Jairi Alexander, number one overall corner in the NFL. Hell yeah, he is. Did he, I, he had an okay performance against Tampa Bay. He missed like a lot of obvious well, shit. Well, I, I mean, they didn't really throw the ball a lot. Right. <laughs> They took this. I'm telling you, dude, they took the same approach San Fran did. You rush with four and then you just run the ball. That's that's how you beat. That's how you beat the Packers. Yeah, because they can't tackle. That's what I said on Sunday. If you can get pressure with the four man front, like it's almost illegal because you have what, like four players running out against seven. Yep. It's 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 been the one thing that has. And obviously, like he still has a winning record, but we've talked about it before. That's really the only thing that slows down Mahomes. Yeah, that's it. That's the only thing that really slows him down is you have to all four, all four guys need to be able to get after him. If you just, if you have three or two or one, it doesn't work. You have to have all four. Yep. Yeah. And now they're answering that with a running game, which is you know that disgusting. I was gonna, I was going to mention after that. Monday, I know we're kind of transitioning to the Monday night game, but uh, I saw a tweet from Brett Coleman, that guy that does those film rooms. He's like, 
I can't remember what his first name is. The linebacker for the Bills that's missing, uh, that missed the last two games. Anthony uh-huh. Milano, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. He's like, Milano's agent should get this game, this game film, put it on a DVD, and give it to the Bills GM whenever Milano's contract is up. <laughs> because he's like, you, they got absolutely mauled all now, game the, long. The, linebacker, the linebackers had no help because of the way defenses are playing Kansas City right now. The safety right. dropped 20, 20 yards off the ball. They're yeah. basically creating situations with big holes. You you have to be able, like, it, it the, the dropping back safeties thing works against Kansas City only when you have the ability up front to deal with the running game. Which is what, oh, which is what the Raiders did. Like you need to be able to stop that running game, and the Bills just. I know Corey oh, wants to. Corey wants to. Corey wants to turn this into a, a Josh Allen. Uh, All I have to say is I'm really glad I didn't sign the apology last week. Yeah, same. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't either. It was. We said we weren't going to. They have the get right game coming up next, though, against the Jets. As I does. Still, as I mean, like I'm not. I'm not giving anybody any accolades for playing well against the jets that's fair yeah i just don't think like i'm I'm not ready to throw in the towel on buffalo when they played two of the better teams in the no. nfl it's like congratulations no. you showed up good job no i'm not ready to th- i'm not ready to i'm not ready to throw in either when you go up against we'll talk about the the this tier list that i found that i want to read to you guys because i think it's really interesting but those are two of the best teams in the afc and yeah, probably in the NFL period. Yeah. Like, so, goddamn, like the, the Titans are really good. Yeah. That's so um, really good. Actually. Well, you know what? Okay. Well, since we're, we're doing that, let's, let's go to, I want to, I just want to get your guys' thoughts on this. So, um, I follow a Twitter account, um, called computer cowboy. Uh, it's literally the, the, the Avi is just a computer with a cowboy hat on. I love that account. Um, the account's really cool. And I think it's run by Bill Barnell. I'm not sure. But uh, every week, uh, they come out with a line graph or like a little, I don't know what the technical term for it is. It's just like a chart. And it breaks teams down uh, by EPA, offensively and defensively. So the way it works is... The farther to the right on the graph that you are, the better your offense is on like an EPA ber- on, on an EPA basis. And for those of you that are listening that don't know, EPA is like an efficiency metric. Called it stands for expected points added. Basically, just means like per play, how often do you get closer to scoring? It's basically what it means. And then the higher up in the graph you are, the better your defense is on an EPA basis. And obviously because it's defense, you want that number to be negative. So the best place to be on this graph is up and to the right. Now, obviously no one is up to the right all the way up because that would be like absurd. Um, what would have been but, chiefs through the first three or not the chiefs that would have been the Patriots for the first three weeks last year. Yeah. Like, yeah, the Patriots would have been like way up there. And then would have crashed back down. Um, but the way the tiers work is because the higher up into the right you are, the better you are. The tier list kind of works its way down from the top right corner to the bottom left corner. Um, and then obviously, if you have a better offense, but not a great defense because it pushes you far to the right, it can like buff up your tier thing or whatever. But I just want to this is after the Monday night games. Um I want to give you guys this these tiers, and I just want to see if any of them strike you as like bizarre or maybe some team doesn't fit in there. Or do we expect one team to fall out of it? And the way I broke it down is uh, the team that has the better offense. Basically, it's like. Whatever team has the best offense, that's the team I'm going to name first, and then we're going to work down according to the offensive EPA. Okay. So just follow me. All right. So the first, the top tier, according to EPA in the NFL right now, there's six teams in it. Okay. Number one is the Tennessee Titans. Number two is Kansas City. So what Justin just said, Buffalo playing literally the two best teams in the NFL, according to to this chart. Yeah. Then it's then it's 
Seattle, then the Rams, then Pittsburgh, then Tampa. So those are the, according to EPA, these are the top six teams in the NFL. Do we have any complaints? Yeah, the Rams. Yeah, I, I was going to say the Rams. Because I don't think the I don't think the Rams belong here. Because like, the, like there's a million different like different metrics you can. Well, I guess there's something. But there, there's a good amount of metrics where you can like, you know, rank teams. Uh, the only issue that there's a few things the EPA doesn't cover. Oh yeah, it's not perfect. It's just something right. that I thought was interesting. So, the, so you'll see things like that where I just I don't think the Rams are you know like what the third best team in the NFL. <laughs> no, no, they're not the f- fourth. fourth. Right sorry. now, it would say fourth. Yeah, they're not the fourth best team. A couple weeks ago, when by the EPA graph, the Minnesota Vikings were a top three team in the NFL. Right, exactly. But it, just because, but it was really just because they had to play super catch up the whole time and yeah. they had a bunch of garbage time touchdowns. Right. This is just a byproduct of the Rams beating up on bad teams like we yeah. already talked about and padding their stats. So this is the next tier. There's five teams in it. All right. And again, we're going in order based on offensive EPA because we're putting a preference on offense. It's 2020 offense matters more than defense. The first team in this tier is Green Bay. Then it's Arizona. Miami is next. Baltimore and Indianapolis. Thoughts on that one? That one's all out of whack. That one's nuts. That one. That one is the only thing that is shocking to me is how low Baltimore is. Well, again, I, I shared a stat um, last night that they have, obviously, they're not as explosive as last year. One of the biggest uh, EPA differences with the Ravens is that last year, out of an empty set, which, you know, it, when the Ravens come out in an empty set, it's not a fully empty set because Lamar has the threat to run all the time, which is, I think, what helped them last year. Right. They were They were second in EPA behind the Chiefs out of the empty set. You know, um, mm-hmm. this year so far in 2020, they are 26th in EPA out of the empty set. They're not getting the same kind of production in just that one formation. So I totally see how they could drop down into a tier two team this year. Has Lamar hit a ceiling already? I don't know about a ceiling per se, but I think he, he had like some sort of not like injury report injury, but th- there was something going on where like two weeks ago, he only had two rushing attempts. They just didn't run with him. And he looked a little bit more like back to form last week, but uh, yeah, it's weird. It was, it's weird though, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe he is at a ceiling type thing. Maybe he's like, cause I mean, he gets hit a lot. He's not like Kyler Murray who's shifty and doesn't get hit. He does get hit. Maybe he's like trying to change. Maybe. I might sure. think it's a ceiling. Uh, maybe this year it's a ceiling, but this is the player that in college improved on pretty much every stat he can each of his three years. So I, I don't think that Lamar Jackson, being as young as he is, is anywhere near his ceiling. But it seems like... Uh, sorry, Siri started talking to me for some reason. Uh, <laughs> it seems to me like running quarterbacks that use their legs a lot. Ever since I started watching football, they kind of like ebb and flow. So like they might have a great year one year running the ball, and then the next year uh, teams know how to cover it a little bit better, and then it takes time to like develop new looks for them to run out of new designed runs and everything. I know, I totally agree. I think that this is just a year. Everybody kind of jumped on the wagon of, man, what the Ravens did last year was so incredible and I don't see a way to stop it. No, NFL teams will find a way to stop it. Trust me. <laughs> they will find a way to, they're basically daring Lamar Jackson to throw the ball now. So I still think Baltimore's really good, but I just found that that tier is just nuts with Arizona in there and Miami. Um, So we go down a tier. So this, now we're getting into a lot of teams that, I think are going to be those wild card teams. Um, and the first team is Vegas. Then it's Buffalo. Buffalo dropped massively um, in that game. After that Kansas city game, they dropped all the way down below Vegas. After that is Carolina, San Fran, and then new England. They're right next to each other, which is interesting because they play each other this week. 
Uh, and then there's Chicago, <laughs> which is all the way down uh, it, at the bottom of the third tier. Well, almost at the bottom, which is funny because they're five and three. And then after Chicago is the Chargers, which is funny because the Chargers and Chicago's records are flip flopped. So it just goes to show you like how like how important late game plays and turnovers and stuff like that, because the Chargers have been uh, turning the ball over a lot. So that's the third tier. Then there's the fourth tier. And this is this. And as we go, this the, the, we're not going to talk about the final three. But this is this is what I really want to talk about. So this is the fourth tier. The top team is Houston. Then it's Detroit. Then there are three teams all stacked on top of each other. And it's Atlanta, Minnesota, who just played last week, and the Saints. So from an EPA perspective, the Saints are as good <laughs> offensively and defensively as Atlanta and Minnesota, yet they have twice as many wins as both of those teams combined. That, that to me is fascinating. The Saints have been terrible to start the year. Like their offense has been okay, but these penalties have killed us just every time. And I think that yeah. I think the big thing is the penalties. Yeah, yeah they're getting off to a rough start, but I mean, like the personnel's still there, and I think the Saints will bounce back pretty easily. Uh, no, that was that was going to be my take. Is that I don't um, I don't envision the Saints staying that far down uh, for very long. Similarly to how I don't believe, you know. Vegas is going to stay where they are. I, um, and then after that, it's Cleveland, Cincinnati, Denver. And then there's another tier. It's Jacksonville, Dallas, Philly. And then the next one is the Giants in Washington. The, the final one is the Jets. But um, yeah. I definitely I thought that this was just fascinating because the Jets are in F2. Yeah, they really are. Because A, B, C, D, I guess it's. Well, if you went by letter grade, it wouldn't be F. It would be A, B, C, D, E, F. They'd be G tier. You would so. be uh, S, A, B, C, D, F. Okay. Yeah, that works. Yeah, they're F tier. That, that, that works for me. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that that was cool, especially because of just how high the Dolphins are with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then they move on to Tua. I don't know, man. Like. I know we're kind of back. It was just a plan. They had it like it was their plan all along. It's just like, you know, it seems pretty obvious. This is like they had a plan all along. That's like after the bye week, we give two of the bye week to get him set up to to the start. And a week after the bye week, he starts. And the bye week got moved. I'm like, okay, well, we're still doing it. Um, Who who wants to talk about uh, the other news that broke today about Antonio Brown? Yeah. I didn't see it. What happened? Uh, Seattle really wants to sign him after this contract or his suspension's up. Of course they do. So I picked him up in, <laughs> in big money. Uh, hey, I picked up Tua in almost all my leagues. I'm going in on those rookies. <laughs> drafted? I'm sure someone drafted him and just sat him, right? What? Uh-huh. No one, no one had drafted him in that league. No, drafted really? Tua. No, nobody drafted Tua in any league. There's, uh, I know someone that drafted Tua in the one league. A GM minor. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, he's on. He was on the waiver in all my leagues, and I kind of picked him up in one league. I'm taking a big gamble on him, but after Dak going down for the season, I don't really have a quarterback. I had to trot out Andy Dalton last week, and that Ooh. was not fun. Ooh. This week I got to start Teddy Bridgewater. I'm hoping he doesn't have a bad game, and then I'm just going to ride Tua the rest of the year. That's 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 not uh, ooh. Yeah, it's not. Oh boy, My that's not, not good. Good over there. Let me just tell you what. <laughs> so I don't know. I think that's all we have to say about Antonio. It's like fantasy impact. Um, but the other like. A rumor. I know Matt doesn't like this rumor because he's all in on even year Matt Ryan. Is Atlanta's talking about scrubbing the roster? So we thought it'd be fun to find new homes for these puppies and this animal shelter by finding 
teams that would consider trading for these players. And so we'll start at the top of the list. Obviously, you have Julio Jones. All right. There's a couple. There's a couple teams that come to mind. I have a friend who I work with that is a diehard Patriots fan that has been telling me for weeks that they should trade for Julio. Um, but I'm not going to go that route. Instead, I'm going to I'm going to go with a team that we just brought up, a team that is on a bye week, a team that is in second place in the AFC East, and I'm going to say the Dolphins. Okay. I'm going to say the Dolphins. They have they have two first round picks. So you could give one of them to Atlanta. I mean, because you're going to have Houston's pick, right? And that's going to be a good pick. So you could potentially get Atlanta in a spot where they could, because they're not going to be picking high enough to get Trevor, even if they win like three games. They could go out there and get Jamar Chase, right, to replace Julio. I, I'm going to go with Miami. I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, my. Why? So he could die? Yep. Jesus. They don't have their <laughs> Philadelphia should have drafting. Dude, they So they just trade their picks away. And I so think. Oh, go ahead. Now, I was just going to say Philadelphia's an infirmary, dude. I know. But they need something. They need some kind of playmaker on the outside. I mean, the Fulgrim has been okay, but I mean, he's no, he's not Julio. Like, no, you just, you're so close to being in first place in that division. Oh, God. You're, should have the best roster in that division outside of maybe Dallas, but getting Julio would push you over and put you at the best roster. What do you think, Justin? If you had to, if you had to trade Julio somewhere. All right. Well, my, 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 my number one hope for a landing destination for Julio Jones is in green Bay, Wisconsin. Well, well, okay. Well, obviously yes. (laughs) (laughs) How how insane would that be? when, When they, when he comes back here, Receiving core then is Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, Devin Funchess, and Marcus Walton. Who, uh, need- go to go get that hand surgery. That's hey man, Devontae got it. Remember how bad his <laughs> hands were when he entered the league, and now he's but probably the number two receiver. Yeah, that's fair. So, like, uh, but. No, I, I mean, I'm going to preface this by saying I don't think the Falcons will trade Julio Jones at all. I don't think there's a fucking chance of it. But um, my, my top landing destinations for him would be, like, number one's Dolphins. I think they need another receiver really badly. Number two would be the Patriots, who uh, keep trotting out old-ass Julian Edelman. He's going to give up eventually. And then it would be the Cincinnati Bengals, number three. I as long as they just cut bait with AJ Green. I you involve AJ Green in the trade, dude. They they need to get rid of AJ Green. So you ship AJ Green over to fucking Atlanta. Oh, that would okay. be really funny. I don't think he's getting traded at all. But if Julio's going anywhere, it's going to be to the uh, Detroit Lions. Oh. Oh, wow. That would be interesting. Him and Kenny Galladay? Yep, him and Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift, Matt Stafford. Like, How haven't you said Adrian Peterson yet? Uh, well, the first name you brought up. I don't know, man. Adrian Peterson's doing okay, but he's not like... I think DeAndre Swift... Adrian Peterson is still only seeing 37% of the snaps. They're running four running backs right now, yeah. but like so, so stupid, <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Fuck Detroit, man. But yeah, I, I think if he's going anywhere, it would be to Detroit. Okay, 
Are we gonna we're gonna move to who's Matt next? Ryan. Matt Ryan. All right, go ahead, Corey. You go first. Uh, by God, that's John Elway's music. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Dude, no. Yep. No. 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 <laughs> you, you can't help himself. Oh, he no. can't fucking help himself, dude. Washed, is that an old washed vet? Down, you so. know, you know he's salivating right now. Matt on Matt violence. <laughs> <laughs> the man, you know that man fucking sitting over there fucking salivating at the chance Drew, to. Drew Locke just beat. Drew Locke is Drew Locke just became the youngest quarterback to ever beat a Bill Belichick coached team. All right, but he didn't and, do it. And His field is, goal kicker, McManus, did it. Let's Brandon McManus. Oh my god, dude. Drew Locke threw two nasty interceptions in the fourth he, quarter and tried to give that game away. He, he Jameis Winston himself. He also had three touchdown passes that were dropped. Yeah, and, uh, that's, uh, he should throw a softer ball. Oh dude, my fucking god. Drew Locke is way, way too young for John Elway. Man, he looks at him, he's like, oh, oh. no. <sighs> You're a little too young for me. John's like, I, I need, I need someone refined. I need someone mature. I need someone with the nickname Ice. Oh my <laughs> fucking chef! Corey, who, Corey, who are you gonna say? <laughs> I'm over this conversation. I was gonna say the Jets, just for obvious reasons. Oh my god, that would be. Trevor Lawrence would do backflips in his living room. <laughs> he would be so happy. Would the Jets do it? I don't. If, I don't think so. <laughs> if is Adam Gase still there? No, no he's not going to do it. He loves. He, you know, Adam Gase loves nothing more than ruining a young quarterback's career. Well, I mean, Sam, Sam Darnold's going to be the next Ryan Tannehill. Then, if that's the case, yeah, like, yes. This is gonna be like a far out one, but what about the Forty ers You know what? I don't hate that because, like, we know the Forty ers weren't really content with Jimmy this off season. I know they've been enamored with Tom Brady since before they even got Jimmy Garoppolo when Belichick wouldn't trade Tom Brady though, but. I don't know, like, can we say for sure that Matt Ryan is above and beyond a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo? No. Um, I would, I don't know who, they're, they're very close to each other at this point. I think, I think you can, like, just from, based off what we've seen, We've seen Matt Ryan in Shanahan's offense, and it, he did. Um, he won MVP that year, didn't he? He did. So we haven't seen that kind of production out of Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco, where Shanahan gets to literally handpick all of his pieces. I don't know. Like I, I think the offenses were different. Like they were obviously, I guess it, it was different because Shanahan didn't get a choice, right? Shanahan had to, you know, make do with what he had. But I don't know. I that one's interesting. I never, I didn't really think about him going to San Fran primarily because, like, I don't know, man. Jimmy, Jimmy's starting to become that quarterback that he's too good to get rid of him, but he's also not good enough to I, I say he's not good enough dude he was literally one missed Emmanuel Sanders throw away from winning a Super Bowl like it's so weird the Jimmy Garoppolo conversation always is such a cloudy one right but I, don't, I, I agree I think even if even if you're bringing in here's the thing even if you're bringing in Matt Ryan to not start him right because you've seen what happens when Jimmy Garoppolo goes down in that offense. They can't even, they can't win. Like they don't even function as an offense, right? 
Right. So at the very least, if Jimmy goes down again with injury, you're putting in Matt Ryan, and, and I'm, I'm sure Matt Ryan can come in and throw the ball to George Kittle or throw the ball to Debo Samuel. Like he could do that. He could be a third down quarterback. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but but how about this though? The Jets uh, in their in their off season, you know, start looking for a new head coach. They hire one. One proper man named Daniel Quinn. Oh my God! And then you know he wants his quarterback back. So he gets Matt Bryant. Dude, I would vomit. <laughs> and they ship out Sam Darnold to the 49ers. We're at this like out a place I would love to see him <laughs> go. If I'm being really honest, I want to see Sam Darnold go. Where do I want to see Sam Darnold go? I kind of want to see him go to New England. No. And that might be that might be Camp's team. No, I'll like, take him. I'll straight take, up. I, I would. I'm not gonna lie. I would take Sam Darnold in Pittsburgh. You could send him, send him for another year. Yeah, absolutely. And take over. Yeah, he'd do great in Pittsburgh. I think hundred percent. He would have great weapons to throw to. He would have, I don't know, like a decent O line. It's not great anymore, but he would have a decent one, and he's got a top five defense in the NFL. I would take I would take Sam Darnold right now, not to play right now, but I would definitely take Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold would appreciate going anywhere that has a coach that isn't just like snorting a shit ton of coke in the fucking locker room instead of talking to him about anything. So like, <laughs> who else? Who else on the Falcons can we trade? Uh, defensive tackle Grady Jarrett. This this one I was thinking you could. Either send them right back up to New England that needs help on the defensive line, or if you want a contender to trade for them. Not saying that Patriots aren't, but like a contender that's looking for that next piece. Uh, Green Bay, they can't. Oh God, yeah. Enough help against the run. Uh huh. That's, uh, he, I, that's my number one answer for that. He he would be a massive help. To that defensive line, like it, because it, it's yeah. pretty abundantly clear that Green Bay needs to spend this offseason like fixing something with their defense. I'm sure they're going to get to the uh, NFC Championship game and lose again. Huh. So after that, like they need to they tore that defense up. We got we got a Super Bowl team, baby. I was going to say Buffalo as well. Yeah, Buffalo's yeah. been struggling on the defensive interior. They've been doing some uh, rearranging, trying to get something to gel. Yeah. I think uh, I'm trying to think of other. We we agreed that Calvin Ridley's not going anywhere because he's on a rookie contract. You got a uh, Jake Matthews left tackle. Um, Cincinnati. Easy, easy. Cincinnati. That'd be great. Yep. Yeah. Kick uh, kick Jonah Williams over to the right side. You got two former first round picks at your tackles. Yep. Yeah, you can go there. You can go. Back down to Miami with their, you know, abundance of picks. You want to definitely make sure two is blindside protected. They have a decent line right now, but like Jake Matthews, one of the best left tackles in the league. Actually, you know what? I'll. Where is Jake Matthews in as far as tackles go? Uh, he is. Well, he's not. Oh boy. Um where where wait this I'm at the wrong thingy. Here we go. Let's look at this. Um Jake Matthews is ranked. Where is he? Oh, uh, he's not as high as I thought he would be. He is according to PFF. Oh boy. Might not be playing well this year cuz I don't see him. Oh, there he is. He's 32nd. Yeah, so he's last. No, no, no. No, he's not third like he's not Deadly. He's he's grading in the seventies. You got to remember, each team has two tackles. All right. He actually, believe it or not, he actually has a very similar grade to Jonah Williams, and they're both grading in the mid seventies. So mm-hmm. that's not bad. I mean, that would be a it would be a massive improvement to what they have right now. Right. Uh, so the center, Alex Mack. He's kind of old. I mean, um. Man, Alex Mack, where who needs a center? 
Um, I don't know. There's not really a team. Dallas, Dallas. I guess. Yeah. Dallas, Dallas just needs everything. To be honest, um, anything on the offensive line, Dallas would take. Inside, Todd Gurley, bring up Todd Gurley. Inside linebacker Deion Jones. Um, I would say either any of the teams we mentioned that need inside linebacker help. So like Buffalo, Green Bay. Um, I would even with the injury to Devin Bush, I would even say Pittsburgh would just needs bodies at middle linebacker now because Vince Williams has not been playing particularly well. That's like the one weak link on the defense. At least he's like the lowest graded player on the defense. Um, I don't know. That's really it. Like he's another one of those players that like he would fit in just in a defense that needs interior help. I'm not going to bring up Todd really because we already know <laughs> nobody wanted to trade for him when he's <laughs> before they cut for the Rams last year or earlier this year. I'm glad he got back to form, scoring less than ten fantasy points a game. That made me happy. Not that it didn't make me happy that he did it the week after I played against him and he scored 25 just to spite me. That was uh, annoying. Last one we'll bring up is uh, Dante Fowler. Ah, oh, man, he's he's an interesting one because in Jacksonville, he was that like hit and miss pass rusher. And then he goes to the Rams and he actually does really well. And I was actually kind of surprised the Rams. Let him, well, I'm not surprised the Rams let him go because the Rams don't have any money to pay anybody. Right. Who needs man? I'm trying to think like who needs like a solid. Pa- well, Seattle, there's one. I just thought of one. Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Seattle has no pass rush. Like at all. So Seattle would be the one that would jump out to me. Maybe Arizona, since they lost Chandler Jones for the season. Yeah. But I don't know. We're picking we're picking the Atlanta Falcons roster apart. And in the hopes that, you know, they go what, one in fifteen, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think I would dude, I was listening to Rich Eisen today, and Rich Eisen said that now that Dan Quinn's gone. Atlanta can push to like get the seventh seed in the NFC. I don't know about that, bud. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that, there, bud. I think we're. I think that's a little off. Ain't subscribed to that newsletter. Oh, I'm not subscribed to the newsletter. That is. I never. I never heard that one before. Is there any other? Uh, any other news? Any other headlines that we guys want to touch on before I share before I share my random uh, PFF fact of the day? That should be good. Go for it. Since that's kind of becoming a thing. Yeah, hit um, us with it. This this one isn't so much of a fact. This one's more of just like a feel good story that the guys on Sunday Night Football kind of touched on. Um, can we? I know we're kind of getting wrapped up in you know, how Ben Roethlisberger is playing and he's kind of the front runner for comeback player of the year. And then, you know, we had Alex Smith and Cam Newton and some other guys. I think we should like more people should be throwing Jason Verrett. Oh yeah. Definitely. In there. Like J let's just like Jason Verrett, just to kind of sum it up. So in 2014, he's drafted by the chargers. He plays, 223 snaps. He has an 85 overall grade playing really well as like a rookie. Then the next year for the chargers, he plays 720 snaps. He's excellent. Has a 91 overall coverage grade and finishes as one of the best corners in the league. But, but then the next three years he has massive injuries. He misses basically three entire seasons worth of play. Um, you know, his grade plummets, can't stay on the field. He comes in. He actually missed all of 2018. 
then comes back in 2019, plays four total snaps for San Francisco before he's injured again. And now this year, he's like buried on the depth chart, barely holding on to a roster spot. San Francisco loses all of their corners. He comes in and he is currently the third highest graded corner in the NFL, only behind Jairi Alexander and Jamal Dean for Tampa. He's fantastic. He's played like what, 30 career games in seven? Yeah. Like, I always love Barrett. I always feel bad about how injured plagued his career has been. But whenever he's on the field, he's a game changer. He's he's been excellent this year in run, all, not even just in coverage, in like run defense too. He has a 90, 90 overall grade in run defense. He's probably the reason why Sam. You could point to him being the single reason why Sam Fran won last week. Yeah, you could you could point to him as the reason why the San Francisco defense is like holding on by a thread. And I think more people should be talking about Jason Verrett as a potential comeback player of the year, but he won't win because he's not a quarterback. He's not an offensive player. And he's not an offensive player, but I wanted, I wanted to give Jason Verrett some respect. Well, in... He's played one snap. So it's Alex Smith. You don't have to worry about that. I, I, I know, man, I know Alex Smith is like, I know Alex Smith is the better story and Alex Smith should win, but I just wanted to like give Verrett some, like if there were like two separate ones, like, Offensive comeback player of the year and defensive comeback player of the year, Jason Verrett would be winning by a landslide. So I just wanted to give, you know, some respect to the the TCU horned frog alumni. So that was all. That was all I wanted to say. Okay. Are you guys following us at FADPOD on Twitter.com? If not, you better fucking be. I'm not I'm not following us. Yeah, you are, are. You following, are you subscribed to us at FADPOD uh, Patreon.com? Give me money. Give me money. We can keep the show going. Every once in a while in our group chat, I'll see a comment from Matt <laughs> and Justin about the, the Patreon thing. And sometimes I forget that we that, that there's money involved in this. We're getting $28 a month right now. Literally, literally, it pays for our our service at Podster. Nice. Thank you guys very much. We are breaking even currently. Nice. So I'm mean, going to get a little bit more money. We could start putting towards like more, maybe more equipment and shit. Yeah. That would Yield. be hell. Let's get up to a hundred a month by the end of the year. That's I mean, goal. damn. Let's do it. I'm down for it though. Let's do it. You think about it. Start dipping in ourselves. Let's do it. We don't, no. like we don't want to be like Quibi and die eight months after we start. You know what I'm saying? No, you're early. Wait, we've lived wait, longer than who? Quibi. Who? That, that really bad, like, short-form media app that was, like, mobile only that was releasing, like, 10-minute television shows and stuff. It had a commercial during the Super Bowl. Nobody knew what it was. It launched. Nobody knew what it was. It's been seven months. Nobody knows what it is. And now they're telling investors, hey, we're shutting down. It was, a, it was, it was around for a Quibi. Yes. Ew. Is a quibby a, a, a measure of time? Um, they uh-huh. were trying to make it a measure of time. I'll tell you that much. It can be now. It can- <laughs> <laughs> Damn, dude! I like that. That was good. <laughs> that was some. That was some. Uh, that was some knowledge dropped right there. I did not even know what that was. I had no clue. Yeah. And that's why it's dead. <laughs> Do you guys want to know who the best punter in the NFL is, according to Pro Football Focus? Yeah, sure. Jack Fox for Detroit. Damn, son. Saving Matt Patricia's job. He ain't saving shit. Can we can we just get rid of can we can we ourselves fire Matt Patricia? Yeah, I'll send him an email. Yeah. As soon as I finish hitting this button, I'm gonna send Matt Patricia an email and be like, hey, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd be like, Sign. fuck off, kid. Signed yeah. by and then all of us. Signed by the Fad Pod crew. We're we're your boss now and you have to listen to us. Corey, I we need to make it public so like uh, write out that resign or write out that term paper and then uh, post it on Twitter and at Matt Patricia Would you just give me Every- homework yes. everyone everyone <laughs> out there everyone out there that's listening to the show if you want your coach fired we want you to tell us 
and we'll do it for you. Right, we'll do, we'll do it for you. We will we will write the letter here on on an episode. We got that VR game that lets you practice firing people. <laughs> remove the empathy notes on the brain. So we got that. We've been practicing. Yep. I'm uh, I'm currently making the uh the fire your team's coach tier on Patreon right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's five thousand dollars, and we will fire your coach. And we gotta pay up like that paperwork's expensive, yo. Hit us up, Jets fans. Yeah, that's right. Hit us up, Mike Greenberg and Rich Eisen. Hit us up, Nick fans. Ooh, ooh, that's a good one. I like that. Hit us up. New York sports team thing. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna go now. See you. We'll talk. You'll hear from us on Friday when we do our predictions episode for the weekend's games. I love you. I don't. Nice.